Hello and welcome to the Naptown Blues Fancast, a weekly roundup of your Annapolis Blues playing in the Mid-Atlantic Division of the NPSL. I am your host, Sam Houston, and always working the parking lot, my co-host, Herm Wainwright. How you doing good, sir? I'm doing just lovely, Sam. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty darn good. Well, be sure to subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice. Please take a moment to leave a review and share with your football and friends. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Naptown Blues. And for tickets, go to AnnapolisBlues.com. Um, something I've always said on other DU public house shows uh, is, or you can just drive your happy ass over here, which is the case is tonight. We have a special guest tonight. We have Coach Colin Harriet. Coach, how you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me on the show, gents. Thank you for uh, finally making it out, being able to <laughs> hang out with us. This is this is great. Love it. We have a tradition, dare I say, an obligation here at the DU Public House to have a drink in our hands while we record. Hiram, what are we enjoying tonight? We are enjoying the lovely Scottish mule. There you go. Words, <laughs> words are fun. Uh, in this Scottish mule we have tonight is a single malt Scotch whiskey made from the Singleton, which is the special Game of Thrones House Tully bottle, along with a Fever Tree Blood Orange Ginger Beer as a mix as well. Uh, so this was obviously while Game of Thrones was in its heyday. The Diageo Company, um, for anybody that wants to live in this wonderful world where they think like, Every single distillery in Scotland is its own little happy flower. And it li- no, it's all owned by big businesses. It's owned by Pernod, it's owned by Brown Foreman, it's owned by, in this case, Diageo. Now, there's a few small independents, but for the most part, they all owned by somebody, right? Of course. And what Diageo, because Diageo also does Johnny Walker Black, which is the number one selling blended whiskey for uh, Scottish whiskey in the world, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of different houses that make whiskey that don't even necessarily get thrown on a label, right? So like you have Clinellish. Singleton and Clinellish now are starting to be used more, but like Linkwood and um, Mortlock, all of these distilleries were just being used, essentially make single malt to be produced into Johnny Walker. That's what we use it for. Well, they decided to take, because they got the licensing from HBO to do a Game of Thrones line, they did a lineup of all the houses and the uh, the Night's Watch, which was a black bottle, which was an Oban. That wow. was very cool. And they did it all based around the different houses of uh, Game of Thrones. And this is a real simple uh, Highland, not too terribly smoky or PD, just nice, simple, easy, drinky whiskey that I thought would go really well mixed. Yeah, um, tastes great. Uh, I will say this bottle actually looks very impressive uh i mean it's maybe it looks simple but at the same time it looks pretty impressive to me especially with the label and everything but uh goes down pretty smoothly yeah well and if you're an idiot who buys all nine of them at once really expensive <laughs> also <sighs> ladies and gentlemen please remember to drink responsibly all right perfect well let's go ahead and get into the action on saturday it was father's day's match tailgating started at one o'clock and i just since we have all the people that we have in the room today i thought maybe we should kind of discuss how our days go of course so first Hiram, how does your day go when you're there at the stadium well after i wake up and have a lovely breakfast after i get myself a coffee from rise up uh <laughs> i of course go to the stadium with myself and a group of interns uh as well as my director of marketing and sales stephen hooper shout out to you stephen uh we go ahead take care of everything set up our merchandise booth for a pre-gale pre-tailgate uh company any players who decided to, or company any players who show up to the game so they can go to the locker room uh same with our, our blues players as well uh interact with the fans give their fast passes so if you do come to the games early we will give out fast passes we'll just scan your tickets give you a bracelet nice easy entrance yep. for your stadium and we just have a good time and sometimes, you know, maybe occasionally I might have to go to Navy State, Navy Academy and give myself a goal. But that yeah. was only one time. <laughs> that was only one time. <laughs> Fortunately, the goals are now actually there. Thank uh, God. <laughs> Coach, how does a day, uh, a game day go for you as the manager of a club? So I usually arrive two hours before kickoff, uh, meet with the staff. We discuss the warm up, um, anything that entails game preparation. We look at the lineup. We discuss the scouting report because we obviously look at video. Um, anything that's changed uh, in terms of their, their, their setup or any any of the game details in general. And then from that, we have a meeting with the players, usually 15, 20 minutes after that. And then with the players, we discuss the lineup first and foremost. And then from that, we give the players the scouting report. Uh, and then we just go over the general setup of the day, the warm-up, um, 
what the warm up will look like, and then when we come together after the warm up, some of the things that we'll discuss heading into the game. The staff, we have a really good staff, obviously with Martin, Lee, and uh, Dan. When the guys go to conduct the warm up, I usually take 15, 20 minutes to myself just to go over some of the uh, some of the things I think we might need to touch on, um, and then uh, yeah, that's it. Perfect. Now, the reason why I get to all of this is because this is what yours truly does. Um, I pull up in a car. Um, I open up the tailgate of said car. I pull out the um, canopy tent. Yeah. Um, if I can get away with not setting it up, I make that happen. Uh, then I put out my chair. My chair has two cup holders in it. One has a cup full of whiskey. The other one has a cup of uh, nice ice cold beer. Um, I clip, light a cigar. I proceed to then sit on my butt for the next three hours and then try to make my producer go get all my beers and drinks for me because <laughs> I just can't be bothered to stand up or move around. Um, I might go over to the grill and get something to eat if I remember occasionally. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you boys are working hard and I'm just sitting on my butt doing nothing. And normally when you walk by, I say about 10 or 12 obnoxious things to undermine your uh, your obvious authority and control <laughs> the situation that you're, because I'm a friend. I, I do that out of love, right? You yeah, know? now my interns don't respect me. Thanks yeah. a lot, Josh. <laughs> it's, it is the least I can do. <laughs> it's, it's better when you're not around because then I make them text you and go, Big Sam said, do this now. Oh, I had five texts immediately. <laughs> Trust me, he's like, oh yeah, Big Sam. The parking, Big Sam said the parking isn't working well. Big Sam said he needs a beers. Big Sam, he needs a, a t-shirt that we don't have in the size. I'm like, tell Big Sam to talk to me directly. <laughs> no, it's far more fun to have them all kind of go to you. you know, oh, they just, love it. Got to keep you on your toes, man. Got to keep you working. You I'm know? on all fours at that point. <laughs> and then there's producer Carson ah. in a little something we like to call the Pepper Incident. Mm. Um. A member of the Bay Boys um, might have been Polly, <laughs> um, who walked up to Carson with five different bags mm. of various peppers, mm. asked him, would you like one? Now, he went with one that we all are aware of, yeah. right? A ghost pepper. Now, we all know a ghost pepper is hot, but also a ghost pepper has recently become kind of trendy right ghost pepper cheese ghost pepper hot sauces people are doing it with fast food which right. is a far more milder version <laughs> of what a ghost pepper really is i knew these set of bags were for real when one of the peppers was called a chocolate merlot i'm sorry what a chocolate merlot oh god you you know you any something named that nicely cannot be good for you. Mm. I mean, that has to be the hottest thing ever. <laughs> like, oh, it's two nice things. It's chocolate merlot. Like it's you know, it's puppy kisses and rainbows. Oh, it must be great. You know. Um. So he very aggressively goes ahead and grabs himself uh, one of these ghost peppers out of the bag, realizing probably now I have made a mistake. Mm. This probably. Not a good idea. Problem is, is one of my friends from the Fitz, the Fulham and the South crew that yeah. I tell, talk about all the time, uh, Jay, he is there with his family. And uh, his his son, his little son, um, essentially called out uh, Carson's particular fortitude and was like, well, are you going to eat it or what? Are you just going to look at it? Um, Carson, please explain uh, the amount of bite you took from said pepper. So I... Um and yes, I was uh, called out and uh, emasculated by uh, uh, an eight-year-old. Um, oh, I think he might have been younger. The eight-year-old's yeah, yeah, the older been, child. I think it was five, like a five-year-old. Oh, that seems sad. Yeah, kindergartner called you out. You know what Hiram, it was sad. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I am not the kind of person to back down from a challenge, and I fancy myself as somebody who does spice pretty well you know mm -hmm. in new orleans great no problem right this child probably comes up to his <sighs> mid thigh uh, i mean maybe yeah maybe for those who <laughs> with, don't know with, producer carson he, we, we call him the viking for a reason he's a he's a rather uh large gentleman big yep. big guy yeah but, you know yep. gives yep. good hugs though apparently i got great hugs well unless bigby's there oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh so yes i uh i don't know i was i guess i was just kind of in that kind of mood and uh, challenge accepted and uh yeah so i bit the tip <clears throat> and i have never felt pain like that i was doubled over i was crying i was drooling uh 
snot um, bubbles. There were actual I mean, snot bubbles legit coming out. It was snot bubbles brilliant with women around me. So that means I was, you know, it's I was really something. Yes, oh, he was he was trying to hold it together too. I'm a man. I'm hot, aren't I? Look at me, women. I, I, I'm the finest example of male in this parking lot right now. I couldn't, I couldn't keep it going. I, was, I doubled over. I was leaning against your vehicle. Snot bubbling and crying. I, I do. I do believe at one point you were crisscross applesauce, I was praying to the maker himself I to uh, was, get yes, you through I was, it. I was talking to Gaia. I was looking for any other spiritual help that I could possibly muster. The, I, I, I've never felt that before, gentlemen. The amount of sweat that was—it was like someone turned a faucet on on top of his head, mm -hmm. and it was just pouring yeah, down like like those waterfall um shower tops that you like oh, you know God. that's just pouring off of him yeah, um yeah the, the, the full five stages of grief did you go through all of that i think i felt each stage <laughs> um and you would think it would come fast but each one was slow penetrating and horrible and it's a tailgate so the one thing we naturally did not have was any milk which would no, clearly was, assault was, the situation there was, there was no milk there was no bread M uh, milk in any degree weather that just it, there was bread just no one got no, it right there was there was hot dog buns and <laughs> no I, I think everybody was really enjoying what they were seeing oh uh, we were enjoying yeah, well, it, it was same. fabulous there's there's something about seeing a man my size uh that vulnerable yeah <laughs> yeah um uh, lesson learned. <laughs> lesson, lesson learned. Lesson don't, learned. don't, don't let the five-year-old rule your life. Uh, probably why I can't be a father. Okay, I was gonna say, as a uh, uh, coach, as as a dad, you know, do you do you have use like you just know not to listen to your child when he speaks nonsense, right? He's definitely no challenge me in that capacity. That's for sure. <laughs> so just know that the next time you're doing your pregame talk and you're getting everything ready to rock and roll and you take you know what you take that 15 minutes for yourself that moment to center prepare be ready that dumbass is probably doing something stupid <laughs> in the parking lot just Someone's let that pop in your head that's there for you that is now there for you to remember forever well um, the, and the week before i took a tumble uh okay. you don't know this coach you you guys know this mm -hmm. and i was carrying um Sam's cooler of beer because uh, he requested it. That's how uh, I roll. <laughs> and then uh, I tripped and I hit the side of the cooler and I have a bruise basically the size of my whole right half. So, yeah, yeah, doing something stupid. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It looks like the island of New Zealand right now currently along the side of his. It was, it was pretty brilliant. All right, let's go ahead and get to the game. Might as well. Well, shenanigans and ghost peppers aside uh let's just get into the stadium and chat about the match all blues came out with their dads their kids or both which was a lovely moment uh truly beautiful especially with our one of our captain our, our captain himself elton had both his uh father-in-law and his son with him to walk mm -hmm. out that was very beautiful right off the opening whistle the blues clearly were on the front foot yeah let's just stop right there <laughs> Third minute, eight in the real scores. We're up already <laughs> one nil. Uh, <laughs> so luckily, I did get a chance to talk with Aiden. Of course, it was his first match back from injury and everything, and this is what he had to say. The Wonder Kid is back. <laughs> uh, what's going on, Aiden? How you doing today, friends? Good. How are you? I'm pretty good. Well, first and foremost, uh, first goal, first game back. Uh, I know for the fans who may not be aware, you came back from dislocated shoulder. Mm -hmm. Four minutes in, open ball, open net. Tell me all about it. Yeah, it was, uh, well, I had one chance before that <laughs> that I should have put away, but um, it was uh, it was unreal. I mean, just coming back, and obviously I've been out for a few weeks. I've played in the preseason game, but haven't played a, a real game since, so it was awesome. It was awesome to see the crowd and come out when there's actually, you know, a bunch of people out here and <laughs> see the fans and see... Annapolis come support so it was it was an unreal feeling yeah man score my first goal I mean so. you could tell the crowd is definitely happy that you got that goal uh, I'm pretty sure like some people who've been to the games before haven't got your seen your face here mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. lasting impression especially for your first game back though um yeah appreciate it yeah I mean I've talked about this about on the podcast as well like we've had like Jackson is one of our interns as well mm -hmm. but also another intern player being mm -hmm. out standing force on the field uh yeah. both in on the field and off the field so I mean just talk about that experience all together how do you think that's going for you it's uh well it's sort of been I've taken a break from all of it to to get into rehab and uh, get my shoulder better because I got surgery on a few years ago so just taking care of that um, but getting back into it it's been it's been fun it's been the Annapolis, I mean the Annapolis area is unreal and all the support 
everybody coming out is uh, is unreal, and I can feel it in the office too, seeing from the behind the scenes, just everything that's going on, and it's it's a real it's a real club, and we're we're on the move and only going up. So uh, sport is a, it's unreal. Yeah. Well, four games left. Uh, what do you say about the future coming up? Just positive. The only thing I can see is positive. We're we're still unbeaten. Um, unfortunately, we led in a goal tonight, but. Uh, all good. I mean, look, looking forward to playoffs, looking forward to winning these next four games, um, but nothing but positivity coming forward. Um, and, yeah, looking to be back in the squad for the remainder of the season. So Awesome, man. All well, good. Definitely, I will say I'm glad to have you back on this team and glad to see you just doing the best you're doing on the field, man. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. Coach, definitely want to get your thoughts on like uh, how Aiden's progression has been, especially because with him coming off from the injury of dislocated his shoulder and everything. Like, how do you see like his progression coming from like that transition from, of course, him moving out from becoming the injured player to now he's making like the first goal within the first opening minutes of the game itself? Well, I'm not surprised when you talk about progression. I've watched Aiden develop since he was nine years old, so I've seen him come through adversity. Um, he was a bit of a, a late developer in terms of like size. He'd gone through puberty, right. but he always had the the technical quality, the IQ, the ability. So I always knew that Aiden could go play at the highest level. I I think he's still nowhere near. He's uh, he's ceiling. Mm-hmm. So yeah, wasn't surprised. Even though he's been out with the injury, I think he's his first half performance. I think everybody got glimpses of the quality that he has. I think that you you saw that even in the the Philly Union game. Yeah. So for us, I think Aiden's just starting to scratch the surface of what he can bring to the team, and uh, we're excited to have him back. I found it very funny, by the way. We can't let this one slide, Coach, getting on the hook for this one. As he said, I should have scored uh, right before that. Coach like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, see him now. You're like, yeah, yeah, you should have put that first one in the net, sir. Um, Take us inside your brain. Your team scores this quickly. It's a good sign because you scored a goal. It's a bad sign because there's 87 minutes. Like, how do you, what's the first thing you try to do besides the obvious, hey, great job, good goal? What is the immediate message you get to the team on the field? It's just about a reaction, how quick we can win the ball back. Uh, For me, it's about the mentality and the mindset to keep going. I think we have still not put a full 90-minute game together. I think we're still, again, pretty early in the process. For us, there's been phases of the game that we've been very dominant, uh, in and out of possession. So when we scored the goal early, we had actually challenged them before the game to start on the front foot. I wasn't necessarily meaning within the first five minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. But when the goal came, I was like, right, let's see what the reaction is now. Can, oh. can we keep going? Now, kind of quickly after that, too, and this is also another kind of thing we'll talk about a little bit later. It was obvious from the visitor side it was okay these guys have got to step on us and particularly down the uh what was the left hand side they started getting chippy real quick and already had gotten called for a few fouls and already saw a yellow almost immediately and unfortunately the guy that seemed to be getting that was a lot like i said was down the left side was erica guetz was kind of just getting knocked around a lot early you know it just kind of surprising oh wait but then 11 minutes uh matias <laughs> did you his scored a uh, lovely free kick Putting the Blues up 2-0. Again, like I said, great free kick scored by Mateus. Uh, completely wrong foot. The keeper and slots it into the near post. Uh, again, I had another chance to speak with Mateus as well after the game. So here's his thoughts on that. Mateus, uh, great game. Got an incredible free kick with that goal. I mean, I don't know how you can just swing it out to the far left like that. That was incredible. Um, tell me your thoughts about that goal. How would you think about that? Yeah, thank you. Now, uh, Elton's been paying some great free kicks. I asked him for that one. And uh, yeah, finally got one. I saw the goalie kind of cheating uh, near post, and then right before I kicked it, I looked near post just so to make sure he would go near post, and then I switched it last yeah. second. So that's yeah. great, man. I mean, incredible win. I mean, this is another one. This is what like five wins in the entire league season so far. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are your thoughts on the season so far, especially as we go to that final push towards playoffs? Great. Uh, I think the team's really progressed. Uh, we've really gotten better at working together, uh, and our team chemistry's really increased. Um, I think we really started off on the front foot today. Um, and another great turnout from the fans. We're so thankful every time, every game. Awesome, man. I uh, have so many people here. So. Yeah, great. It's awesome. Well, um, I'm going to let you go ahead and get autographs. I know the fans want to get your um, name and number by everything. Yeah, <laughs> But I'm going to go ahead and let you go. All right, thanks um, so much. Today. Yeah, thank you. Take care. You too. 
All right, so there's a rule here. We can't let slips and in interviews go away. What, are the kids trying to pick him up? They want his name and his phone number? What, they want to talk to him? I you mean, don't know on. how many phone numbers I've been asked at the game team, so you can shut up. <laughs> Again, well, I'm still waiting on that fan to get their forehead signed. I will give you a hot dog and a drink. That's yeah. I'm telling you that. I will yeah, give you that. It's happening. It, it's definitely. Well, you also promised a scarf, by the way. You also promised that. So, <sighs> I wish you let that slip. <laughs> Um, that I, I tell you, it, it's funny because the initial setup to that was the foul happened. Team responded quickly, quick kick, boom, and saved by the keeper. And ref calls it back for it to be reset. You, you're Grove, you're almost like, damn, wish you had just gone ahead and let the quick kick stand because they at least made the save. Um, Wall did not seem to either the wall didn't do what the keeper wanted or the keeper wasn't covering the spot that, that he wanted the wall the it just seemed that near post was way too easy for the keeper to give up and there was a there was a four-man wall a separation of about two feet and then one more player for them and very smartly a blues player stood in the middle of that area and legitimately it was just like well there's a pathway to the goal right there i just i don't know if that was a moment of lapse from the keeper not thinking but it was i mean we'll take it right obviously coach yeah for sure i think uh regardless of their setup i think it was more so matty's uh imagination and creativity mm-hmm. and obviously he's technical quality so yeah great strike great goal and uh it gets us on the front foot again yeah it was perfect um and with that i mean it you boys just didn't take the, the foot off the gas. You were on them. There was a, Jacob had a dead to rights one that their keeper came up with a worldy to knock away. That could have easily made it 3 nothing. And unfortunately, at about the 20th minute, Eric had about all he could do. He had been tackled hard three times. I mean, hard three times. And uh, you needed to sub in uh, our, we'll, we'll later refer to him as uh, Super Sub, uh, Gordon Bendelore. Um, what is the current status on Eric? What is the initial reports? Is he going to be fine? Was that a precautionary sub just because he'd gotten whacked so many times? Is he doing all right? Yeah, he was definitely feeling the knock. I think it was a combination of knocks. Uh, but he's probably going to be out for at least a week, and then, then he'll, he'll be questionable for Saturday. Okay, very good. Oh, boy, I'm sorry. Um, I'm just going to update my phone real quick. Uh, 22nd minute blue score again three nil. Okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So speaking of that super sub, uh, Gordon, uh, who we call Gordy, uh, coach, you call him Gordy as well as I'm sure. Uh, jumps in off the rebound, gets an initial save. Um, just incredible, uh, performance of we've seen from Gordy from the past couple of games. Of course, um, what like initially, like, what have your thoughts have been like on his? Same question like I had about like Aiden. Like, what's your thoughts about Gordy's progression as well as he's uh, became like the next person to step up for uh, the Blues whenever he comes off off the bench as well? Yeah, I think Gordy's been a a great squad player, great team player. Um, anytime he's been called upon, he's delivered. Whether that's been from a starting role or he's come into the game as a as a sub. Um, and then for me, he's been really instinctive in and around the box. When we brought Gordy to the group. We knew what we were getting. Natural goal scorer. Uh, finds a way to get into great positions. And you can see that with his goals. It's a variety of goals as well, right? So if you look at the goal there, the first goal, it's a rebound. He's in the right position at the right time. There's been other times where he's cutting in. He might beat a defender. And then there's a quality finish at the end. So Gordy can score a variety of goals. He's got a lot of quality and uh, yeah, really good addition to the team. Awesome. So I was going to add this into the... Um end of the show but might as well do it now good spot to do it since we're talking about him interesting because you know with gordy we're gonna get onto it scores another goal five level with jacob and it's a good problem to have as a coach and it's also a good thing to have because they're polar opposite players they're both scoring goals right but jacob's your prototypical number nine runs the lanes big body physical you know kind of intelligent player doing it. And i'm not saying that gordy is not intelligent it's different right gordy a little bit smaller quick cannot seem to have the ball ever taken off of his foot doesn't matter what the traffic is but then if the ball is inside the box it finds gordy's foot it doesn't matter how many people it hits where it ping pongs it's just he has this knack for just being oh 
there's Gordy. Of course it was Gordy that scored that goal. Of, of, of course it was. Oh, it hit five guys. It went over the mountaintop. It got shot out the uh, cannon over top of the midshipman goat. And it falls to Gordy's foot and it's in the goal. <laughs> like, it just seems, how how is it for you as, as a coach being able to have multiple, and it's not to say that other people aren't scoring because other people are scoring a lot. How is that for you as a coach to be able to have those different types of options attacking the net? So that was, well, obviously we've got a certain style of play. And when we put the roster together, we wanted to make sure there was balance uh, in terms of the the profile of the players as well. So if you take into consideration our front three, the seven, the nine and the 11, every one of them has their own attributes and they all bring something to the table. So if you look at Justin Harris, really good off the dribble, right? Quick, athletic, uh, really good in 1v1 duels. Gordy, we spoke about his attributes. Uh, Jacob, again, really good goal scorer, but there's so many other assets to his game as well. His link-up play, his movement, uh, the selfless runs that he does to create space in behind. I think people lose sight of that at times. And then Eric, Eric's out to end movement to come inside. His link-up play with the 10s and 9s. So we've got a variety of options in attacking areas, and each one of them brings something different to the table. Uh... I just, I just gotta say, um, has it been twenty seven minutes already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So this will be the same time that the Blues will be up four 0 right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, allow me to say the following: There are certain things in life. You'll be born. You'll die. And Jackson recommends scores in front of a home crowd. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Corner kick, head ball, back of the net. What are you doing? <laughs> Scored again. It's, you know, okay, so you got a couple of strikers with five goals, and then you got a, an outside back with three. Mm. Already three. <laughs> <laughs> and I even joked with them. I was like, especially after that last one, I'm like, all right, you've hit off a couple of worldies. You know you are, like, going, like, the next ten are going row Z. There's no way in hell you're scoring a good one again. Yeah, no, just another header. Easy. How you doing? Um, at this point, again, ask you kind of the same question. You score early at three nothing. You're now four nothing. You're 28 minutes in. They are now on, I think, three yellow cards at this point or two. They're clearly they're just trying to save themselves, right? Like stop the bleeding. But then on your end too, what is your message to the team? How are you trying to kind of keep everything honed in? Because it's easy to just lose control and get it all wrapped up in the moment. Oh, we're going to score 20 tonight. And, you know, or, oh, somebody kicks me the wrong way. I might get an attitude about it. And suddenly we see like USA, Mexico and, you know, U.S. players are getting red cards too. Why? Because they're reacting to the dumb stuff Mexico's doing to them, you know? So what's your thought process in that moment? Like, how do you settle the boys in? Well, I think first and foremost, you've got to trust the guys and make sure that they stick to the the game plan and the framework of the team. So the message to the guys is don't get bored of doing the simple things. Mm-hmm. Continue to do the simple things. That's what put you in that position. Uh, the other thing for me, and we talk about this daily, starting in practice, is uh, you've got to maintain a certain standard. And that's not something that you can just switch on and off. So in terms of how we pass the ball, how we move, how we're pressing, how we're counter-pressing. Um, everything has got to be there, regardless of the scoreline. Um, and I'm sure we'll get to that, but that's where some of my disappointment came in the second half. But up until half-time, I thought the standard was there. They showed a really good edge and appetite to their game and intent. Um, and I was really pleased with their attitude. Excellent. And uh, half comes to an end. You're up 4-0, and you are dominating uh, overall possession. At that point, too, you've already had 14 shots, nine of which were on target. They had four shots, only one of which was on target. Um, At this point, I think you've kind of already answered it. The halftime talk is, all right, boys, we do what we were supposed to do at minute one. This is where we are now. Like, are you also now at this point thinking, all right, what bodies am I going to get in, get some minutes? Who can I sub? When do I want to sub? Is that what's starting to go through your brain as well? So the coaches, we had a meeting last week and we did discuss the fact that we have, well, we did have three games inside seven days. Um, so there was going to be squad rotation and then obviously a rotation within the lineup as well. So obviously we didn't plan on being up 4-0 at half time, mm-hmm. but it put us in a position where we did feel as though we could get guys some good minutes and then also rest some of the guys that we've been relying on, on pretty heavily. 
So that was something we took into consideration with the rotation the second half. But having said that, and look, I know it's not easy, but I felt as though we played against the scoreline a little bit mm-hmm. in terms of 4-0 is the job done. Uh, and then obviously Groove came at the second half with a little bit more intent. Uh, I'm sure there were some choice words at halftime uh, on their end as well. So, uh, yeah, I can understand the second half to a certain extent. Uh, the late, great Bob Houston, who um, you may make it a small world um, with your time with Maryland United. Robert D. Houston Field in Bowie, that is named after my late father. Um, and my late father is um, was 6'8", 489. He was the height and width of a doorway. He had to bend down and turn sideways to walk in. I mean, just a mammoth of a man. And his halftime talks to the 1971 South Bowie Ballhawks would be, if we really, really bottled it, Mm. he'd sit there, this giant man with his arms crossed, and just look at all of us, like every eye contact with all 18 of us. We got direct eye contact. I have nothing to say. And walk away. And all of us is like... Oh, 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 coach is pissed. What are we going to do? Um, I would imagine there might have been some more colorful words used in the locker room, but I, I'd like to think they got a, a good Bob Houston treatment. I think that is definitely the case because they, <clears throat> they certainly came out and had a little bit more umption to their, to their play. Right. Um, and they did try to use that uh, umption, as you mentioned, towards the beginning of the second half. Uh, of course, we open the second half. Grove tries to push forward, get into the game. But then the Blues defense and midfield were handling the pressure just as well, which I'm pretty sure you guys had drawn up from the beginning. Um, I know you kind of hinted this a little bit, like with your talk about like the subs and everything for prog- progressing as the game gone forward, because we're already up for it now. Um, like, did you actually obviously seem like that we were going to win the match as a we're already up like 4-0 like where did you see like the expectations from that point on essentially like I'm pretty sure like you're expecting like the same thing like just stick to the basics like keep going from where you're doing from here stick to who we are and what we represent don't go away from uh, the team that we're trying to become and then for the guys to come in to the game which I understand it's no easy but try and maintain the standard that, that was the goal for us when we made the uh, the rotations and that was the goal for us the second half. Are we under FIFA five subs? How many subs are you allowed to use in a match currently with, with the standards for this league? Seven substitutions. <clears throat> okay. I, I imagine because there's so many collegiate players, there's their obligations to their college as well that you want to try to make those moves. Yeah, I always scratch my head on, you know, why we get the keep out every match. But, you know, now that makes perfect sense. Yes, get the other keepers minutes absolutely get a minute so that's a good opportunity to do it you got the two extra bodies yeah definitely use it that makes sense um have you ever found yourself in those situations in a game like this where you kind of go all right well we want to work on maybe a low block on our defensive half if we're if we are in a situation where we can't be as expansive as we want to be let's put ourselves into situations and see how we adapt to them or is it like you just said it's absolutely we are sticking to the plan this is how we play football we are going to continue to play football this way yeah so i think the the message has been crystal clear since day one Mm -hmm. we sent them a presentation i think it was back in april about the uh, the identity of the team and who we're going to be and uh, the type of substance that we were going to play with um, and that DNA has been there since the first training session and what we've tried to do is we've tried to drip feed in our ideas with our game model since the very first meeting, since the very first training session um, and we just said to the guys this morning, says, Look, we believe in this wholeheartedly um, in terms of this style and throughout the course of the year, there's got to be challenges that try and take you away from that, right? And it might make you question it. And at some points, people will come to you, is there a plan B, is there a plan B? And for me, it's always just about making plan A even better and stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll give you some content with that. So for me, it's I don't necessarily believe in formations. I think when you, if you take an aerial shot of the field when we take the centre kick, uh, you'll see a 4-3-3. In fact, I'll not leave it the goalkeepers. A one, four, mm. three, three. Uh, but as soon as we take the goal kick, eh, the the center kick, and then we start to build the game, the formation completely changes. So for us, it's not about the actual formation; 
It's about how we like to play within our structure and our movements and our rotations to find space, move the opponent, and create space. Yeah, your outside backs are getting up the pitch. Your central midfielders are not like it's a center, a left, and a right. They are all center. They are all midfield. Some are one maybe be back more than another, but they're all moving in time with one another. You can definitely see that. Yeah, and then just on top of that, we have different ways we try and build the game within the same principles. So the principles never change. But the numbers in terms of how we build the game, they may change depending on the press, the opponent, uh, whatever it may be, the number of games in a week. So for us, plan A is always plan A. We just tweak it, again, based on uh, the games that, that we have coming up. Now, one of those subs, actually, I thought it w the game had started to get a little stagnant. And I'm sure you're on the sidelines. You're like, come on, boys. <laughs> like, if, if this is the game, we're, we're going to keep to it. Uh, uh, Leo Paloma came onto the pitch and immediately gets fouled. And this is around the 80th minute. Gets fouled. There's a quick free kick. Immediately gets fouled again inside the box for a penalty, which then brings up uh, our boy we were talking about earlier. Justin Harris gets to uh, just nail home the uh, – there was no question about it. That could have gone through the net. Could have pulled uh, <laughs> the old Ted Lasso bit from the final – with the oh, yeah. thing, definitely. And um, that makes it 5 now, five nil. So now it's just time to see the game out. No, wait. No, 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 mm -hmm. no, no. Nah. Uh, Grove, of course, try to make some sort of effort, and they do make us concede uh, in the 85th minute, making it 5-1 now. Um, Coach Gaffer, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure these are the type of goals that you typically hate to concede, especially when we're up like 5-0. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, essentially? Disappointed to concede the goal. Um, I read an interview this morning, I think it was with the, uh, is it the Capital Gazette? Mm -hmm. uh, Elton done a piece with them. And again, this is why... He's not just a top player, but he's a really good leader. Um, and Elton took responsibility for the goal. He apologised to the goalkeeper um, in terms of how he stepped and, and, and pressed the number 10. So, I mean, that, there was no need for him to do that. As, as good as he's been this year um, and how solid he's been for the team. He's been the backbone of the group. So it also highlights why we've been so successful when you've got a player of that elk and that calibre coming out and taking responsibility for the third goal that we've conceded this season. Mm. So for me, disappointed to lose the goal, but when I read that interview this morning, it also showed me why we've been so successful. Yeah, perfect. Now, because let's look at that, right? Like the match where um, I, I think it was Virginia Beach where we go up one nothing, and Gordy makes a, I mean, I'm sorry, Griff makes a worldie, right? That was a minute after you had just gone up one nothing. So... Unfortunately, for you as a coach, you're probably, well, there's a pattern where, you know, we get we get a goal, we go up, we we, we take the foot off the gas for a second, right? We can be exposed at that. You know, uh, you look at, like, the first match against Frederick where we're playing out of the back, few mistakes a couple of times. They got a couple of opportunities. Griff came up big early, made a couple of big saves. But these are the kind of things, right, when, you know, at Five zero oh, and one, right? With only one draw, and at top of the table, you as a coach, those are the little things that probably stick in your crawl. Going, eh, mm, mm. when we lose a game, that's why we're going to lose a game. Like, and just tr try to nail that in during training. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, on top of that as well, though, there's also be moments where, if you look at the Frederick game, we concede that early in the game in front mm -hmm. of such a big crowd. And then we show the character to come back. Perfect. And play as well as we did the second half. So for me, I look at it and I say, right, is it mistakes? Is it lapse in concentration? It's certainly no kids that are uh, getting, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Complacent. Mm -hmm. They're not getting complacent. So the mistakes are not coming from any sort of complacency. It's coming from maybe it's uh, the, tech, the tactical setup. Maybe again, it's just a lapse in concentration. Uh, even the the Northern, uh, sorry, the Virginia Beach game, mm -hmm. zero zero at halftime. We've got a lot of the ball. Uh, we go in at halftime zero zero. Lots of pressure on the guys. They come out react the way they did the second half. So they showed good character there again. So we just keep building on these moments. I like the fact that there has been little pieces of adversity throughout the course of probably all the games that we've played, um, and they've they've reacted well to the test and luckily we did get that chance to come back and kind of uh 
react to that goal that we had in the 85th minute where Gordy, of course, in the 89th gets another one. Uh, he finds the open ball right there. I think it was another rebound goal, a ball that was found from Gordy, uh, puts in the back of the net. Now we're up 6-1 against the Blues. And, uh, of course, with Gordy, um, like we mentioned, this is his second mat- second goal in the match. I'm po- probably sure this is like his fifth from the entire season right now. Um I also got a chance to speak more with Gordy um, following the game and just get his thoughts on exactly his overall performance as him as a super sub. Gordy, another two goals in the bag, man. I mean, especially after that Sui goal, I'm pretty sure you're super <laughs> excited about that. Uh, how's it feel after you had that open play ball right there for you, open for the play? For the last one? For the first one, I should say. Oh, for we'll the start first one. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, just right place at right time. Got pretty lucky. Um, those are the easy ones you got to put away, so really glad I got that. Tough to do a a celebration that big for a goal that little, but hey, yes. any celebration is a good celebration. So we're glad we got that. I saw you interacting with the ball boys and two for the uh, second goal there. How did that feel? <laughs> Just having like that crowd energy, especially on that last goal. I mean, every single weekend there's so many people. It's like seven thousand every single time we show out. So I mean, when it's like the seventieth minute and everybody's dog tired, it gives you that extra push to go ahead and get two more goals by the end of the by the end of the game. Awesome, man. Well, I'm going to go ahead and let you go off. Uh, Again, great performance, great goals, and hoping for more as the season goes on. I appreciate it, man. All right, take care. That goal started with him, too. Wanted it around uh, the 35, 40-yard-ish area, took it off a defender's foot, and then charged a goal and just was relentless. He wasn't going to lose the ball. And when the ball got knocked around, like I said earlier, oh, wow, it fell on Gordy's foot and it's been back of the net. Like, it, just, <laughs> it just seems to be working that way for him, too. And when you're a player, I mean, you got to ride that high, right? If it seems to, like, it, when the ball seems to just always go where you need it to, that's a great thing to have. Now, <clears throat> I do have to say big shout-out to all the supporters i went back and watched the uh broadcast mm-hmm. of the match as well you can definitely hear old bay old bay old bay being chanted the entire time i'm so happy about brilliant that. i love that one <laughs> i'm 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 all i'm all there for that one you like our uh, old bay chant there can you hear it on the pitch gaffer yeah i'm actually i'm really in the zone during the game so i don't hear much but when i go back and watch the recordings i'm actually it's the first time i get to soak in some of the atmosphere but uh yeah, the support has been uh, it's been unbelievable. Yeah, I tell you, it's I'm for for us when we do this show, right? I'm at the match. I'm having a good time. I'm relaxing. I'm trying to you know be a supporter and have fun. Of course, I always have to go back and watch the match again. But when I write the notes of the show, because <laughs> it's just like, oh yeah, I forgot that happened. <laughs> yeah, just trying to keep it all in line. And with that, uh, the boys see out the match and continue the unbeaten run. And then we had a great opportunity for uh, you again, Hiram. You got a chance to talk to the captain. Elton about the day just being a dad and you know a little bit about what it is to be the captain of a side last but not least of course I can't forget about the dad of the team especially on this wonderful Father's Day uh, great win 5-1 uh, just tell me about your Father's Day win today for against the Grove, Grove United uh, I think it was very special uh, for, for all the guys on the team and, and for me first time being able to walk with my son on the field and, and having that great performance, I think, was a special day, and uh, the boys delivered that. So, very happy for the win. Yeah, t- tell me more about that special moment that you uh, hinted at, especially like get- being able to walk on the pitch with your son on Father's Day. Of course, I'm pretty sure that's even a bigger experience, especially in this moment. Yeah, um, very <coughs> special for me. My father passed in 2016, and I actually walk with my father-in-law as well, which was very special for him to be on the field as, uh, with me. And uh, for my son, of course, even though he slept <laughs> during, the, <laughs> during the anthem, but very special moment. Uh, I think it will be, uh, I will remember that forever. Awesome, man. Well, keep up the good work. Of course, we've got four games left in the regular season, and of course, we've got playoffs. So uh, I know I asked a couple of guys this already, but tell me about what your expectation or what you're looking forward to with these last four games of the season. Looking forward to keep improving, to, to keep sharpening up. We have a lot to improve, a lot to get better at. Uh, and ask to the, the, the supporters not to keep coming, keep packing the Navy Stadium. Uh, they're very important for us. It's a great atmosphere when we're, we're on the field. So keep coming, keep supporting us. And, you know, we're going to do our best, leave everything on the field to, to get four wins uh, for this end of the, the regular season. Awesome. Well, I don't want to hold you up too long. I know you got probably a special plans for Father's Day, but go ahead and enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, thank you again for taking the time with us, man. I appreciate the time. And... Uh, Looking forward for the next games. Awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. 
of coach you mentioned this earlier about like how uh what a great um leader elton is both on and off the pitch as well like uh you can definitely see he carries himself in a high manner especially like you mentioned he took full responsibility for that uh for that uh goal that we conceded in that game but like just actually getting the chance to speak with him i think that was like one of my few opportunities i got to speak with him he really carries himself like a high mannered and high uh just very i'm trying to think like the right word just like the great leader like you mentioned and highlighted earlier. like can you just discuss more about that if you can yeah good player even better person okay. uh, first phone call that i made when i took the position with the blues was to elton because i knew the obvious qualities that he would bring in terms of uh, elton as a player but i also knew what he would add to the uh, to the locker room in terms of his experience but then more importantly being a role model um, he's played obviously in South America played in Europe uh, and I knew he would conduct himself the right way at all times and I think everybody on the roster looks up to him um, gives the guys great advice at the right times I call him a coach on the field because he really drives home uh, the principles of what we're trying to do he believes in it 110% um, and I think that's evident and uh, yeah great leader and he's, his performance has been at a high level Along with him you have a few members of the team and the staff that are all part of Maryland United as well right so yeah, correct me if I'm wrong you're director of coaching for Maryland United right you kind of help organize everything there and like guys like Elton and Jackson they do training and stuff with youth players as well correct? Uh, Jackson actually works with uh, another company in the okay. community yeah, Fair yeah. Enough. he works with Pelota Soccer okay very cool Excellent. Yeah, but so there's that's also the other fun part about the community too that people don't necessarily realize is that you have guys that are local players that play on a collegiate level, but they're also guys who in their free time are working back with the communities and working with youth programs. There's a lot of these kids are cheering for those guys on the field cuz they know them because they coach them, which yeah. is really cool. And that's that helps build to the overall community as well, which is really really great. All right, around the rest of the league, we had on Thursday, Northern Virginia United beated, uh, beat FC Frederick 3-1. to one. On Friday, Virginia Beach City FC and Grove United tied 1-1. Saturday, Virginia Dream beat Frederick 1-0. And finally, also on Sunday, uh, kind of a bit of a shocker, Greenville beat Alexandria Reds on the road 1-0. Hiram, why don't you give us an update on the table that I didn't send you a picture of? Did you? Go ahead and pull. Look at you producing stuff. <laughs> this is why they don't pay me the big bucks. Anyway, <laughs> uh, just joking. For the top of the table is your Annapolis Blues with six games played with five wins, zero losses, and one tie. Currently sitting on 16 points with six. Oh, I'm sorry. 22 goals forced, uh, three allowed, and a goal differential at 19. Coming behind us in second is now Greenville United at seven games played with four wins, zero losses, and three ties. Currently sitting on 15 points with 12 goals forced, four allowed, and a goal differential of eight. Behind them... Dropping down to third now is Alexandria Reds with five games played. They have three wins, one loss, one tie, and currently sitting on 10 points at the table. They have forced 10 goals in net and allowed six with their goal differential now at four. Virginia Dream FC is currently sitting at fourth at five games played with two wins, one loss, and two ties, currently on eight points. They had 10 goals forced and eight allowed, currently with a goal differential of two. Sitting behind them in fifth place is Northern Virginia United, which is our next opponent on Wednesday, so make sure you guys stay tuned to that. They are currently with five games played, one win, three losses, and one tie, currently with four points on the table, six goals forced, 10 allowed, and a goal differential of negative four. Virginia, oh, I'm sorry, no. Frederick FC or FC Frederick I'm sorry is currently in sixth place with six games played one win four losses and one tie currently with four points on the table they have seven games seven goals forced 16 allowed and nine negative nine was a goal differential and seventh is Virginia Beach City FC with six games played they're currently with zero wins three losses and three ties currently on three points on the table with four goals forced uh, 14 allowed and negative 10 as a goal differential and then finally at the bottom of the table is Grove United sitting with 
Six games played, zero wins, four losses, two ties, currently on two points. Six goals forced and 16 allowed, currently with negative 10 as a goal differential. Excellent. And, of course, we have two matches this week, as you just mentioned, in the midweek. On Wednesday, we play at Northern Virginia United. And then on Saturday, we play at Virginia Dream FC. I know I will be at both matches, but more importantly... Both you and I will be at Wednesday's match. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. And a whole bunch of the Bay Boys are going to be there, too, which is even better. So I absolutely (laughs) love it. Gaffer, your thoughts into the matches coming up, a couple of road games. Obviously, it got a little changed up because of the the, the smoke, the, the wildfires in Canada kind of push this game back. What are you looking for from the boys? What's kind of the message this week? How's training going? Things of that nature. Yeah, training's been great. Since we started in May, actually, probably every session we've had, training's been really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, their attitudes, their commitment, their application's been fantastic. Look, we're starting training every morning at 7 a.m. And the, mm-hmm. the nucleus of the group is getting there at 6.40, 6.45. So it tells you everything you need to know about the, the boys in general. So can't fault them in any shape or form. So they've been great for me. Today's session was very good as well. And I think there's just a real, really good energy and buzz um, heading into tomorrow's game. Just, again, look, looking for a good performance. He, he he downplays it. We are talking about college boys <laughs> getting up at 6 o'clock in the morning. This doesn't happen, right? Normally, it's a, a all-night game session that ends at 6 o'clock <laughs> in the morning, and you sleep till 2 if you're in that college age. Yeah, the boys are... The boys... I, I had heard that that was kind of the only time you guys could get with our partner for the training pitch, and it's like... Wow, the boys are getting up early to get it done. You will never see me at a practice coach. I'm just telling you right so now. So I'll actually I'll let you in a little secret. We had an opportunity to switch the training times mm-hmm. heading into June. We had a meeting with the guys. We let them make the decision, and they decided to keep the training slots uh, at 7 a.m. So a for different breed. <laughs> for me, I, we said to them again, look, we feel as though there's pro potential within the group, but the potential has to work. And they've done that. Like I say, they've been absolutely excellent. Great representation of the the club and the city. And uh, hopefully they can continue with the form. That's awesome. Well, Coach, thank you so much for joining us. Any parting words before we go? And um, yeah, just any parting words? I think the biggest thing from my perspective is uh, just really overwhelmed with the support. Um, The crowds have been fantastic. Atmosphere that's been generated in the stadium has been excellent. Um, And I just want to let everybody know that the staff, the players, really appreciate And then just all the work that's been done in the front office as well. You guys have done an excellent job. Obviously, the podcast here, the Bay Boys, everything else. It's a real collective effort. Um, so, yeah, really, really uh, pleased to be a part of the club. Um, and I think this is uh, definitely just the start of something special. Yeah, Annapolis is a different kind of town. <laughs> like, it's just, it's, it's hard to explain to people how casually laid back we are about everything but how devoted we are to everything we really love (laughs) it's just very very fun and and of course we always love an excuse to maybe have an adult beverage and you know there's not a ton going on during the uh summer months here in uh in Naptown, and you're like ah ah, we got a game to go to yeah we like that that sounds like a great idea (laughs) uh so thank you so much for joining us everybody just a little friendly reminder that this is a du public house production be sure to follow the show on twitter at Naptown blues pod and the team at annapolis blues to follow the club till next week everybody up the blues